I think sometimes we have this idea that time will heal all of our wounds. And that's not necessarily the case. Even if we're the ones that ask for the divorce, there's a lot of loss. There's a lot of grief. And when those feelings don't get properly processed, oftentimes they get manifested in different areas. It is often a healthy thing for a child to see how people live in different ways. So you are giving her a view of life, but your ex is giving her a different perspective. And it is a healthy thing for her to see two different people function in the world. When we go through a separation, let's not underestimate the transformational requirements. We went from losing our identity within that relationship. So a lot is being asked of us to pivot and to redefine. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. We're back with another quarantine edition of Moms Moving On. We've gotten our momentum back, which is great. It was really hard to sort of jump back in, but over the last couple of weeks, we've gotten a few episodes recorded, and tonight's a great one. And the idea actually came from one of you amazing listeners who follows me on Instagram, who sent me a DM and said, but how do I let go of control? Because I always talk about, you know, you can't sort of control everything. And it's really hard as a mom when you first start co-parenting and you don't know what your kids are doing, when they're doing it. Are they eating their dinner? Are they having dessert before dinner? What time are they going to bed? Are they staying on their schedule? Why is my ex-husband taking my kid to see that movie? These are all the things that will eat you alive if you don't learn to give up control as a co-parent. And who better to help us with that than Dr. Erica Velez. She's a local Miami psychologist. She's incredibly knowledgeable. And I actually met her when I was on her amazing podcast. If you don't live in Miami, you can still have access to her by listening to her podcast and checking out her Instagram, which is initially what hooked me. I share her posts all the time. She is the mindful corner. And I just love her. And so I'm so excited to welcome her on. Hi, doctor. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for such a gracious introduction. You are so kind. Thank well, you. you know, just tell, I'm just telling it like it is. I'm telling the truth because people that I can learn from and people who have touched me in a certain way deserve all of the special intros in the world. So thank you for being with us. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you and to spend some time together once again and hopefully bring some value to your audience. So, so thank you. I, for, for those of you who don't know, Erica, and what do people call you? Dr. Erica? Yeah, that's fine. Dr. Erica's posts on Instagram, you know how sometimes you message me and you're like, oh, that post spoke to me? Her account is the one that like every time I see one of the posts, I don't even need to see the name of who posted it because I know it's her because it's mm-hmm. touched me, it's moved me, and I'm like, man, that hits home. And I just love that about you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I tried to just post on whatever's on my mind and try to make an impact in that way, just to get people thinking, bringing some concepts into their awareness and, you know, bringing some value to Instagram that sometimes could be a not so nice place. I feel the same way about yours. They always make me laugh and you bring joy definitely to the space and help as well. And so Instagram has, we found it to be what you want to make of it, right? So depending on who you choose to follow, it could bring whatever you want into your life. So Absolutely. And well, you're doing it right. 
So we're going to talk about this whole letting go of control. And I know that you work with plenty of people who you coach on, on this sort of topic. But for so many of us, like I said in the intro, you know, it's unnatural as a mom to say, okay, here's my kid. I'll see this kid that I grew in my body and nurtured to this point in a few days. And you guys do you. See ya. It's so mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. I mean, I get that from many patients that I've worked with, definitely that's one of the main struggles, especially from moms, because for the most part, us moms, we, we took on most of their mother load and our mother load is heavy. And so oftentimes I even get, do they even know what to do with, with my child? Do they even know what they like? Sometimes I'll get like the, the, the dad is so disconnected. How will they know what my child wants to do before bed and et cetera. And it, it's definitely a struggle and a journey. For each person. So I think that we start off usually by taking a closer look at what is underlying this need to control, which it's absolutely normal. Let's start there to have the desire to want to, but just because we have the desire to want to doesn't mean we need to act on it. And so I think the first step is to analyze like, where is this coming from? And it's usually a place of fear, right? Of it's, it's a place of they won't know as much as I know, they won't do it right, or they'll make a big mistake. And so really calling it for what it is. This is fear. It's normal to have fear. Fear is not a bad thing. It's actually something that keeps us surviving. It's an indicator that something may happen. And so we need to pay attention to it. It's just that sometimes our fear goes on overdrive, right? And then if we follow the behavior up with the thoughts, so if we have this fear and then we do the obsessive behavior that comes after, that's when we can get ourselves into trouble, right? So acknowledging where this stems from, validating it for ourselves and working through it on our own is really important. But that takes insight, it takes awareness, and it, it takes a, a good level of self-restraint not to act on our fear. And that self-restraint that key, and I, that was something that for me, when, when I separated, I talk about it all the time. My daughter was two. She was in diapers. I mean, she was still basically on like an eating schedule, you know, she mm -hmm. wasn't like she is now just snacking all day and doing whatever. But I mean, at that point I had been at home with her for two years. I knew every little, like every sound, every mood swing, every, anything, the way she would like touch her body when her diaper was full. Like, and I was just so concerned over every little thing. And I would lie awake at night, Dr. Erica, and I would just drive myself nuts. And my therapist mm -hmm. was like, okay, let's, let's take the worst case scenario. Her diaper mm -hmm. isn't changed and she goes to bed later than usual. And she doesn't get her usual, you know, lullaby routine. What's going to happen? And so it was mm -hmm. really coming to terms with, you know, what I thought the end result could be. And is it even that bad? And I realized mm -hmm. so much of it was like, you said it was fear and it was mm -hmm. my anxiety that needed to get in mm -hmm. check for sure. Which I think a lot of moms need to understand that are going through this process. Like you said, it's normal and anxiety around this is more normal than it's not. If you're not mm -hmm. feeling sort of overwhelmed and scared about when your kid is not with you, then I, what are you on? Because that sounds great. Yeah. And, and I think you touched on a really good point there. Not only did she give you the gift of perspective, but she gave you the opportunity to reflect as to how your own anxiety may be playing a role in the situation. Is, is there something to really be afraid of or is just this 
my own need to control. And what does that mean? Right? So one thing I really want to touch on is that it really will depend where you are on your journey as far as like post-divorce and where you are in your co-parenting journey, but really taking a look at, is there any underlying emotion here that needs my attention? And that's being manifested as my need to control. And what I mean by that is that I think sometimes we have this idea that time will heal all of our wounds. And that's not necessarily the case. Oftentimes, even if we're the ones that ask for the divorce, there's a lot of loss. There's a lot yes. of grief. There's sometimes there's anger, there's resentment. There, there is a lot of complicated feelings. And when those feelings don't get properly processed or addressed or worked through, oftentimes they get manifested in different areas. And sometimes it's via control. So oh, that's such a good so, point. Yeah. And so when we can't control certain things, for example, our feelings, our ex, the situation, however sucky it is, we tend to want to over control other things. And we hyper focus on things like you mentioned, like, you know, their sleeping schedule, or their eating schedule. And, and yes, those things are important, but they're not make it or break it. Right. They don't need the level of intensity that we oftentimes give it. Right. And so when we see ourselves overdoing it a bit and almost really struggling, letting go of control, I invite you to take a look at what else could be happening here. What else may need my attention? Well, and that, and that may be masking itself via this obsessive need to control. Right. Yes. And that goes back to, like you said, there's different stages, right? Like you could have just broken up. You could have just separated and started co-parenting. My journey was a little bit different. We didn't start overnights for a few months. I mean, my ex was looking for an apartment. So he would really just come over and, and see Bella on my terms, which was great in the beginning. So it took us both a couple of months to ease into that new routine. But if you're going through the stages of the separation, no matter who asks for it, you're still going through, like you said, that whole beginning phase of, of grief and loss. And, and then you're going to move into that angry phase. And all of that can translate to, you know what, I'm so angry at my ex for leaving me or for having caused a situation in which I have to leave that I'm going to take it out on trying to control his every move with our kid. Horrible. What is worth controlling or at least trying to step in and be a part of you know, because mm -hmm. a lot of marriage settlement agreements, like mine says, like, you don't really have the right to meddle in your ex's business when he's with the child, unless their mm -hmm. well-being is at stake. What would you say is worth, you know, calling up your ex and having either a conversation or an argument about for the well-being of your child? I would say identify your core values. What are the things that if your ex is not on the same page, you definitely have a problem with that, right? And so those are the things that, you know, hopefully were discussed in your agreement but if they weren't then affording them the opportunity to really explain yourself trying to leave anger out of that trying to leave your emotions out of that doing your best to communicate that with them and then ultimately you know in life we do what we can we control what we can and when we pass that point then the next phase is to accept what we can't control right yes. so you do your best do your best to effectively communicate that in whatever way, whether you need your attorney or hopefully you're in a place where you don't need that and you can just email them, you state your position. And that is where it ends. Once you've done what you can, the outcome, then you'll have to start working on processing the feelings that come with not being able 
to control the outcome, right? So you control what you can. And now the next phase is starting to work through accepting what you can't control. Yes. And, you know, I, I like to give examples because I, I'm type A by nature. I am a business owner. I'm super regimented. I am a creature of habit. I, you know, in my house, my daughter thrives in routine. My ex has always been laid back. So the routine is going to be different. Even though he has his own, it's certainly not mine. And in the beginning, I was like, what? She didn't have dinner yet? It's 730. And he's like, okay, well, she's going to eat when she's going to eat. And I'm like, but in my house, she would have been bathed and da da da. And I'm reading a book. And at a certain point, I could not keep telling him when to feed her or when to bathe her. Like I just couldn't. I, as much as I hate that battle and I hate that she's not on the same schedule and it's inconsistent in two homes, it is what it is. You know, my therapist was like, the girl's getting fed, she's getting loved, and she's getting bathed, and she's being put to bed. Relax. Something to try and control, however, is if there is a safety issue, right? Not that this has right. happened, but if, you know, she's like, oh, you know, daddy's leaving knives and guns on the table. Of course. Well, okay, of that's, course. that's an issue to intervene. So yeah. my, my biggest piece of advice is always, if it doesn't harm their immediate well-being, their physical well-being, you got to let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, would impl- that, that would definitely, safety falls under core values. Those are things that you just don't are not willing to negotiate. And so there is where I say you do your best to really communicate that. And again, despite sometimes I posted about this the other day, how, how perfectly packaged we send a message. It's not always received, but doing our very best to communicate that and say, these are my concerns. But once that message is sent, the following work has to come from within. And with regards to what you were saying earlier about your ex just having a different style, I wanted to just give you some perspective. It is often a healthy thing for a child to see how people live in different ways. So you are giving her a view of life that seems structured and it works for her and it's beautiful, but your ex is giving her a different perspective of the way you you live life. And, And it is a healthy thing for her to see two different people function in the world. That is the blessing of having two parents, right? Is that they're going to be completely different and we're going to give her two perspectives and that they're not identical people. That is a blessing for her because she's going to be able to bounce off of both of you and learn from both of you and hopefully adapt what she likes from each of you as she creates her own identity. So it's not all bad. That's great advice and that makes me feel better, but I hope it makes everybody listening feel better because... You know, my daughter is five now going on like 45 and I see so many parts of her personality like that are so him and are so me. And you're right. She has to be able to, you know, if, if she went there and he did everything my way, then she's losing who he really is and the the great parts that he does have. And so I think it's great that you pointed that out. I want to shift perspective to the moms or parents in general who have said to me, okay, I don't have an issue with control, but my ex seems to be trying to control my every move. He doesn't want me to introduce, you know, my child to my new partner. He doesn't want me doing this and this and this and this. So it it comes in the other way. Yeah, sure. And very often that's the case. And I know there's a level of setting boundaries that need to happen, but what would you say to somebody who is struggling with someone else trying to get too much control into their lives? Well, you said it. it the key word is boundaries, right? So boundaries is a big concept. We often think we understand them. 
but let's be clear boundaries it's hard for us sometimes to define them it's hard for us to sometimes set them sometimes it's hard for us to, to maintain them yes okay and oftentimes we forget that once we do all that work it's okay to adjust them that it will always depend on us so boundaries is this, this really big concept that's honestly fairly new in our social development if you ask anyone that was born in the in the, in the 60s or in the 50s about boundaries they, they may say what what are you talking about we just say whatever we want to say we do whatever we want to do but we are now much more educated about what's proper and we are discussing this idea of boundaries and i think most of us want to adapt them but when it co comes time to implement them when we actually get pushback and we have to set them and sit with the uncomfortableness that comes from setting a boundary i think a lot of us have a hard time with that oh, okay. so understand this when we set a boundary it is for us we are it is not for that person they will push back on it and we will have to be prepared for that because i think we have this fantasy that we're going to set a boundary people are going to respect them and i'm going to be protected and that's not always the case with with co-parenting and divorce your boundaries are tested all of the time and i didn't start setting them until way later than i should have and there is a level of self-confidence and and inner strength that you have to have in order to mm -hmm. like you said implement them and stay consistent and it can't mm -hmm. be one of these you know only when it's good for me type of things because i've been in that pattern too you know mm -hmm. like for a long time i wanted to keep our communication to a minimum only about bella but once in a while, it would feel good to like shoot the shit about whatever, you know, something that uh -huh. would be common that, you know, oh, did you hear so-and-so friends got fired or whatever. But I knew it couldn't be one or the other. It had to be all or nothing. And, and it's so hard to stick to. But yeah. yes, if you stick to them, they work. It's just a matter that, of how much discipline you have. It's, it's consistency. If you want to continue this boundary, and this is the key, right? If you want to continue this boundary, let's say I only want to speak to you about my daughter, right? That has to be a consistent boundary on your end, meaning every time, whether you feel like this time speaking about a little bit more, you have to stay consistent for the greater good. Now, I'm not telling you that with time, you may decide to say, you know what? I'm comfortable being more flexible with my boundaries. You're allowed to do that too, right? But if the problem is that your ex wants to continue to control your life and and it's getting intense, then that's going to be up to you to stay as consistent as possible until that changes. And until that changes, then you may need to have a co-parenting relationship that has really good boundaries the whole way through. It's really dependent on the situation, again, because, and, and being open to your situation now might not be your situation five years from now. We all change. We all gain perspective. Things change in our lives. Sometimes when we find happiness in a new relationship and so does our ex, things change. We have to give our, our feelings time for them to be processed as well. When we're angry, when things are still bitter, you know, there's a different tone to the boundaries and things need to be done in a certain way during that time as we honor our feelings. But as we process, as we grieve, as we mourn, there is some space, hopefully, for things to change and but that will be up to you completely i'm just giving you you know the full spectrum that yes boundaries are necessary yes you need to be consistent but also being open to 
as the relationship with your co-parent changes, which oftentimes it does change over time. Sometimes it gets more cold, but oftentimes, you know, as, as time passes, things do change. Also being aware that you're allowed to change your boundaries. And if that doesn't work, you're allowed to reset them. Right. So it, it, it's, it takes flexibility, but at the same time, it takes consistency. Yeah. And I love right. the fact that you're making the change of boundaries, you know, an okay thing to do because the, the co-parenting process is always evolving as per the needs of the kids, you know, Bella's needs three years ago, were not what they are now. So naturally our relationship is going to change. We do have to communicate more about things relating to school and friendships. And can you believe our child said this or did that? So the ability to give and take is going to, it's going to go up and down. I can totally see that. And it's a pendulum, you know, mm-hmm. it, it goes back and forth between him and I as to who needs more help or has more questions. You know, she's a little girl. Sometimes I can cover things that he can't, mm-hmm. but something else that someone wrote it, actually many people have written in, and I actually had an mm-hmm. issue with this at one point in my co-parenting is what would you say to somebody whose ex has a new person in their life and they want to introduce this person to the kids, but you're not okay with it yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, that one happens very often. Yes. Very, very often. I was in that situation. Mm-hmm. Again, that goes back to, is this something that's part of my core values, right? Is this something that I absolutely feel very strongly about? And then you, you have your opportunity to communicate that. Again, it's all about your the way you send your message, but the delivery might not always be received. So keeping that in mind, but affording them the opportunity to express yourself as to why, for whatever reason it is that you feel, is it, if it's too soon, understanding that that's still a request. It's still a request. And it's a request that that the co-parent does not have to meet. To honor. uh, Right. It does not have to honor because the truth is your emotions are like, fuck no, I don't want a new person in my kid's life. And that's understandable and that is normal. But the truth Mm -hmm. is you're not with this person and they deserve to move on and Mm -hmm. and be loved and give love to somebody else. And Mm -hmm. it was a hard pill for me to swallow the first time my daughter met my ex is uh, somebody she, he was dating. I didn't know until she told me. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you couldn't let me know. And he's like, honestly, it happened so fast. I didn't know what was going to happen. But the truth is, at the end of the day, my daughter was so excited to see her daddy with somebody that I was like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a case-by-case basis. But we also have to remember that despite how many ill feelings you may have about your ex, they're still a parent too. And they still have rights too. Right. So they do have the right to make a choice for their child. Now, I understand that sometimes there are, whether it's moms or dads that make bad parenting choices. But at the end of the day, it just goes back to you do what you can to give your position. And then you're just going to have to make peace that you just can't control everything. Right. And this is just not even in in co-parenting. This is just part of parenting. Right. We do our best to instill values to teach, to guide, but a large chunk of parenting is letting go, allowing them to make their own choices. That starts as young as, as your daughter, right? You can, you can advise, 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 and still as many morals, but there may still be times where she's going to use her own judgment and make her own decisions. And those might not always be aligned with what you wish she would have done in that moment. And then we're going to have to make peace with that. Right. So 
it is a it is very tough but again just understanding that if if you communicate what you need to communicate that doesn't necessarily mean that that other parent is going to take that suggestion and honor that they also have the right to make their decisions and sometimes i know that they may you know maybe introducing someone every so often so i understand also that some partners are not ready to have that open conversation where you can say he hey he, these are the reasons why and and sometimes i think that that has a lot to do with again what we spoke earlier about these underlying emotions that we may still have yeah. oftentimes there's unhealthy things going on where the whether one person is resentful towards the other and is is doing things just to spite the other so with all those things aside because we know how strong those emotions can play a role in our behavior with all those things aside at the end of the day they still have their right as a parent right Absolutely. so control what you can perhaps if your child comes home perhaps speak to them help them process how did it feel to, to meet this person did you like them did you not like them and helping them through it asking them how they felt about it and maybe that gives you a sense of peace or look in your situation your daughter wasn't didn't seem to be so upset about it right we sometimes predict how our children are going to feel and then we're surprised to to hear that maybe it wasn't a big deal for her or maybe exactly. you know she was excited about it you, you you really never know and that's where you know co-parenting becomes like this whole system of trial and error because you really don't know what you don't know and so there's no like real manual on what to expect because mm -hmm. every co-parenting relationship is different and that's mm -hmm. true which leads me to a thought maybe you know you'll agree with this i think what would be wise for anybody listening who's just starting out in their co-parenting journey or who's going to be separating, getting divorced, and we'll have to start this journey is sitting down and going back to those core values you talked about. What are the must-haves that we must agree on for our child and what mm -hmm. are we going to let go? Something like that. It's different from an MSA because MSA really covers the basics. This is more right. about me and you, the two people who got married and created these kids. What are we going to have to see eye to eye on and what are we going to let go? Mm -hmm. That takes a level of emotional maturity and of healing that you need oh, to be that. at to be able to have that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because that sounds beautiful. But what I find is that in the midst of this, especially those who are early on, there's so many emotions and we know that emotions are strong and they take over. And sometimes even those of us who are rational and who try to have our emotions in check, when you still hate your ex because of whatever reason, or you're still grieving, it's going to be difficult to have a clear head. And so if you find yourself in that situation, I invite you to seek professional help, yeah. a mediator, a, a co-parenting coach, someone who can help guide you guys in this process. And oftentimes they may suggest for you to go get your own therapy. You know, what, 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 what is this really about? Is this really about our core values here and us coming together as two adults to parent this child? Or am I just nitpicking about things because I want to get back at them? And, and it sounds silly, but it's so easy for us to fall into that and acknowledging that, calling ourselves out on that. So those are, it's just so many little variables, as you can see that it's complex. Every situation is different, but if you find yourself really having a hard time coming to that mature conversation that you mentioned, then don't be afraid to seek help. 
Um, you know, I, I brag about my life in therapy all the time because it just covers so much and it helps you see so much about yourself that you can work on. And that's, you know, emotional evolution is my, it's, it's almost my addiction. Like I've, I've had mm-hmm. such a transformative time understanding why I behaved the way I behaved in my marriage and how it led me to where it led me. And, and it's good for anybody. Unfortunately, you can't force your ex to go to therapy, but maybe it on their own if they need it. One last thing I want to touch on before we run out of time is to the, because many, many of us, when we get separated, we live in fear of what our exes might think or say, or their reactions to what we're doing. How do you let go of that type of control of letting somebody else's reactions control you or put fear in you? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that this is like a global concept that you can apply to anyone, but it's particularly your ex is when we feel that other people's judgment or reaction tends to seep into our own behavior. And now we're curtailing our behavior because we either want to avoid a reaction or avoid judgment. And that just goes back to strengthening the sense of self, working on yourself. You can't take a shortcut on that part because as you see, it seeps into all areas of your life, right? So when we go through a separation, let's not underestimate the transformational requirements that are needed, right? We went from losing our identity within that relationship. And so a lot is being asked of us to, to pivot and to transform and to redefine. And I want to highlight that because if that is not solid, if we don't do that work, it's going to be very easy to let anybody else's judgments over our lives, particularly our ex, really seep in. Oh, it's so hard. We, it's so hard. It is so hard. It is so hard. But when we do that work where we really reconnect with ourselves, like, who am I now? The person you were before you entered that marriage is long gone. You evolved, you've changed, you've been through things. There's a brand new person that you need to meet. And so it starts from within. You need to reconnect with yourself, heal, feel those feelings, process. And the stronger that you come from within, then the, the, the easier it'll be for you to build that shell where you could say, this is my life. This is my decisions. They come from my own inner voice, not from the voice, let's say, of my partner that I'm used to hearing, or maybe society's voice or my own parents' voice. This is my voice. I've reconnected with my voice. These are my decisions. This is my life. And I'm in charge. When you strengthen that, their opinion, I mean, it may be there. It may be knocking on your door, but it won't be that meaningful to you. And I, I, I want to add to that because that is major. And I feel it on so many levels personally from my own experience. When you can't seem to control well, you can't control the other person, but when they are trying to gain too much control into your life, treat it like a business. That's a big piece of advice I always give and that I got from my therapist. Need to know basis, treat it like a business. If there's something you need to tell your ex that you are scared because of the reaction you might get, you put it in an email, dear sir or madam to who it may concern, X, Y, and Z, thanks, have a great day. Because there's there's really nothing you can do to avoid their reactions. So you just have to keep it as civil as possible and keep the emotion out of it on your end and hope to minimize it on theirs. That's wonderful advice. That's wonderful advice. But if you find also while you're doing that, that you yourself are triggered because you find yourself using like avoidant language 
or you, you feel yourself really getting worked up as you write that email, I, I would say to pay attention to that because when our partner triggers us, because that's what it sounds like. It sounds like we're being triggered by their judgment or we're being afraid to act in a certain way that they're going to have a response to. That's an invitation to look at, okay, I'm being triggered. This needs healing. So deal with him in that very matter of fact way, but pay attention to what comes up. Pay attention to what comes up as you're writing it. Is it the first time you're asserting yourself? Is is it the first time you're defending yourself? And how does that feel? Do you find yourself in a codependency pattern with your ex still? And if so, do you find yourself writing an email in the most favorable light so that he likes you still? Oof. And it's okay. There's no Wait shame in that game. Wait a feel seen. Everybody listening no to this is going to be like, yep, that's me. There's no shame. It's just an invitation to look at that. Look at that. But in order to work on something, we got to acknowledge it, right? Mm-hmm. You have to look at your inner self in order to be able to overcome this whole process, especially co-parenting. Like there really is no room for, you know, oh, it's not me, it's you. You really got to do the work. And I am so glad that you gave us the insight you gave us because you are somebody who I would wish everyone who was going through this process could just call up and hire and say, help me through this. But if not, where else, where where can we find you? Where can we have access to you? I feel like we're going to need to do a part two because we've only just begun to scratch Mm -hmm. the surface on control and co-parenting. But tell us, well, I would love to come back. So yes, I would come back anytime. So you can reach me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is the mindful corner. And my podcast is also titled the mindful corner. And on my podcast, we have guests come on like Michelle. Michelle came on sharing just real life stories. The purpose of the podcast was to hear other people's stories of triumphs or of, of trials, how they got through it, really just to send the message that we all have our journeys. No one rides this ride of life for free. We all pay our price. And although our experiences are vastly different, we are far more similar than we are different, right? So we all feel embarrassed. We all feel grief. We all feel all these feelings. And oftentimes we feel alone in them. So the podcast is centered on just that, just human stories. We're coming to share them with the hopes of bringing like a universal validation, right? So that's what the podcast is for. My Instagram is just a dumping ground of what's on my mind, whether it's boundaries, (laughs) stuff with children, anything on my mind. Mindfulness is huge for me. And yeah, so you can reach me there. And I have a website, drericav.com. And if you're local to Miami and you'd like to work together, you can reach me via my website as well. So, So it was a pleasure, a pleasure coming on. Back to your dumping ground, your Instagram, which I, you know I live for, what would be one of your favorite quotes that you can leave us with? Oh, you, you, you did the number on me because, you know, in my, my podcast, I always ask, what do you know for sure to be true at the very end? <laughs> so this is similar. Which one is my favorite? Oh, I know. You're the expert. You're the expert of your life. So whether you hire a coach, whether you hire a therapist, Ultimately, we are here to guide you. We are here to help you discover the the tools within yourself. But ultimately, you know your gut. You know what's right. You know your bad habits. You are the expert of your life. You know what's right for you. And listen. Listen to that voice within because it oftentimes sends you the messages. Sometimes it's a little whisper. If you don't listen to the whisper, it becomes a roar. But it's your guiding light, and we all have it, and we should all listen to it. 
A to the men. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thanks to all of you who listen. Don't forget to go find this amazing woman on Instagram. If nothing else, connect with her. She will change your day every day, I promise. Thank you. So sweet. Keep on keeping on, you guys. You're moving on. You're doing it well. Don't forget to send in any questions, ideas, topics. And if you want to be a guest, get in touch. You know where to find me. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.